We dedicate this episode of Pop to Chris Cornell from Soundgarden. We dedicate this episode to his art and the music that he left us with. We try not to get too serious here at Pop, but life is something to be serious about. If you're down and you can't see a way out, please do me a favor and call this number. 1-800-273-8255. It may help save your life. There are people that care about you. 1-800-273-8255. Episode 7. A pop. With Ken Mills and Courtney Dold. Shows that get canceled. Shows that come back. And the return of Blondie. And welcome to another episode of Pop, your pop culture podcast. I'm Ken Mills, one of your hosts here today, and today I'm joined by Courtney Cronin-Dold. Welcome, Courtney. Hello. So good to see you again. Good to see you. We are back to pop for everybody. We're popping in your ears, so we're glad that you're taking some time to pop with us today. Today we're going to be talking about a few things. For example, The Return of Blondie. They have a new album out, and that's pretty cool. And we're going to be playing some of that and talk about some of our favorite Blondie tunes and things like that. And we're going to talk about TV. The great TV. Big, yeah, the, 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 the great big thing that hypnotizes us all. It used to be we only had one big screen. Now we're surrounded by screens everywhere. That's true. That's true. People have screens on their refrigerators now. I don't know why you need that, but... You can actually order your groceries and stuff. Like, it keeps an inventory of what's in your refrigerator, right? Oh, is that what that's for? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Isn't that weird? Actually, now I need one. What am I talking about? I'm like, <laughs> who needs a screen? What are these idiots? And I'm like, wait a minute. I need one of those. <laughs> My husband yeah. eats like we have four people in this house, so it's good. It'd be good for me with the shopping and stuff. That'd be great. I'm surprised that there's not a button on refrigerators that, like, you can push and it'll just have a glass door. <laughs> because, That's kind of cool. Because when I was growing up, you would always hear, shut the refrigerator door. Because you just stand there and look, is there anything in here that I yeah. missed? What do you want, to air condition the whole neighborhood? Exactly. So... <laughs> If they could just make it so that you could just push a, a button on the handle and it would just make a clear door. That's that would be pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of like the Jetsons. I could live. I could hang. That's, that's pretty Jetson-y. Mm-hmm. That's pretty we're going to have flying cars by this time kind of way of thinking. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's really scary. I mean, it, yeah, a little bit. People don't even look right and left. What happens when you have to look above and below and around and... It's just going to be a train wreck. You'll be tearing oh, up telephone here. lines. Well, traffic has gotten worse here because of cell phones. Mm-hmm. And even though most people have it attached to their car and to their speaker system, there are still the occasional people that are holding their phone in their hand and looking down at it. And it has caused the traffic problem here. It's made traffic on the freeways so much worse. Like what normally would take me about an hour and 10 minutes now mm-hmm. takes me two hours during traffic time. On Star Trek, they never had that problem. Everybody's got what mm-hmm. is pretty much the equivalent of a smartphone. They're all carrying around those communicators, right? Mm-hmm. They're all walking around like, yeah, and they're talking like two to beam aboard. You never see like one of the ensign on the the ship playing Angry Birds or something, and Captain <laughs> Kirk gets like really pissed no. off, and Spock like goes, "This is highly illogical," 
and they like you know unplug his phone and stuff like I, that i tell people i'll pull up next to people and if they're and also i'll say get off your phone put your phone down you're going to cause an accident i don't know how people haven't figured this out yet about mm-hmm. the amount of deaths because of people look either looking down at their phones at crosswalks and getting hit by cars or looking at their phone and cars being smashed up it's in around here we wherever i drive from driving more than 20 miles i'll see at least two or three accidents mm-hmm. along the way and i and i guarantee you at least one of those was a cell phone related incident because yeah, people here are so addicted to their phones it's like out of control in hollywood so we have a public service announcement don't text and drive don't talk no! and drive don't do that no, don't do don't that. Be stupid. It's just a common sense thing. That's right. You want to be alive to see the the Justice League movie when it comes out, right? Um, sure. <laughs> if that's sure, all I, I have to live for. <laughs> I need to be alive for the Gene Simmons show in August. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Going to be I awesome. I cannot wait. I've been so jealous of everybody's You're going to love everything. it. I know I am. I'm so excited. I can't okay. wait. Before we get into the show, there's a couple things we'd like to talk about. First off, we got another cool rating on iTunes. We want to encourage everyone to go on iTunes and give us a good rating. Please, it, it really helps the show. It, it puts us up into a different category, and iTunes then starts sharing it. So please, give us a review, and we have one from Pete Blatchford. Yay! And he writes, Pure Pop for Pod People. Rejoice, fanboys and girls. Ken the Podfather Mills, that's me, has done it again. (laughs) He has brought us a wonderful celebration of the pop culture he loves so much. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is a must-listen for anyone who likes to revel in a myriad of topics all dedicated glorious pop culture. TV, music, games, toys, radio, comics, and so much more. Clearly, Mr. Mills is a nerd. I'm going to take that... I'm, I'm going to take that as a compliment because he it, says... It is a compliment. I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed nerd myself. So are you. Mm-hmm. But he says, clearly Mr. Mills is a nerd in the best sense of that word. Yay! To each of his podcasts, he brings his love and extensive knowledge and great insights to each of the podcasts he hosts. And Pop, a pop culture podcast, is no exception. While dismissed by many as being so much fluff, meaningless pastimes that serve no purpose other than to act as pleasant distraction from our day-to-day lives... Pop culture is essential understanding of a time and a place in history. It is a reflection of a specific given moment, a snapshot, if you will. It gives us substance and understanding to the way people live. Thank you, Ken, for another fun-filled show. So, wow, thank you, Pete. That's awesome. That was very well written. This guy's yeah. smart as something. He's wicked smart as something. Yeah, it's almost like he's written a book or something. Maybe. Yeah. I'm on to you, Pete Blatchford. I know you're intelligent. (laughs) And Carol E. Berg-Cohen asked us about doing t-shirts with the pop logo on it. Hmm. What do you think of that? Do you think that's a good idea? Well, you created it, so it's up to you. But yeah, I think it's a great idea. I'll tell you what. Let us know if you would be interested in getting a pop culture podcast mug or t-shirt or whatever you'd like. We will hook you up. Let us know your thoughts on that. So let us know in this in this episode show notes, okay? I'm more of a mug person than a t-shirt person. All what? my concert t-shirts I wear to the gym or I wear to bed. I uh-huh. usually don't wear them in public. I used to wear them on stage. I Actually, my signature outfit that I wore on stage for years was 
jeans, a burgundy blazer with a characters t-shirt underneath. Oh, wow. Black, yeah, Danny Salazi and the characters. So that was my uh, stage wear for during the mid-2000s. Like, that's what I wore for like three years. I wore it like all the time. Mm-hmm. I wore that blazer for 10, but I wore the character shirt. I have a bunch of pictures of me on stage in it, actually. Mm-hmm. And then I, I wore that, and then I wore like a queen t-shirt. Because I'm going through like a rock t-shirt phase. And right. when, I, when I lose weight, I'm going to go back to it because it looks cool. There you go. I personally think you look cool anyway. Well, thank you. I think I'm going to try and go back to that. I kind of It's kind of a fun fun thing to do to wear a band you love while you're on stage. In fact, when Chips Enough gave me an Enough's Enough t-shirt, he said, will you wear this on stage? And I was like, actually, I will. But they were out of, sh- they were out of shirts in my size. So he gave me a triple XL. <laughs> it looks like a dress on me. Because I'm short. But it would I'm look cool. But it would look cool. I think I should just, like, cut the neck and make it, like, an off-the-shoulder dress and then, like, put a belt around it and, like, wear stretch pants. Then I can wear it. But right now, it, it's, like, down past my knees. It's like a dress because I'm short. I don't know if it's the most flattering outfit, but I, I'll, I'll give it a go. I have to work on it to fix it up. I told him I would turn it into a dress. I have to do Very that. Very cool. Well, yeah. we look forward to seeing that. Can I get you? <laughs> do we? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, we look forward to seeing that. <laughs> you said that so irritated, like, and we look forward to seeing that. Can we move on with the, with the no. agenda of No, the no, 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 not at all. Oh, okay. Who cares so, anyway? Who cares how you look? You just, who gives a shit? Exactly. Sorry. I don't give a shit anymore. I mean, I you've seen pictures of me. I don't care. I wear the same strapless black dress with a jean jacket every fucking day. That I is what care. I'm wearing right now. A strapless exactly. dress. Exactly. And I am pulling it off, by the way. You are. Yes. <laughs> so we turn to the world of television, the great big giant thing that we all stare at. It is kind of changed over the last few years. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've got everything from Netflix and Hulu and cable and all sorts of things, streaming this and streaming that. And it used to be just the three channels. And I'm I, here's something I want to ask you about. Is it easier to get a show on nowadays than it was back, like, let's say, 10 years ago? Yes and no. Okay, why? Yes and no. Yes, because there's so much, there's just more, there's just more places for it. There's more opportunities. There's more networks, so there's more available slots. Mm -hmm. And with On Demand, it doesn't matter when your show is on anymore. Like, time slots are a thing of the past, really. Mm -hmm. So let's just say... In, in, in some ways, now more than ever, it's easier, and in some ways, it's harder to get a show on the air because you've got all these different networks and different things, right. everything right. from Netflix to Hulu to whatever, doing original programming. It's, it's no longer just the big three. No, it's not, but there still is a secret popular crowd, and if you're not in it, you're not going to sell a show. Right. It's like, it's almost impossible. It's really, really, really hard. It's funny, you'd think it'd be easier with all the places to put it, but it's not. It's actually harder. Absolutely. That's what yeah. she said. That is what she said. <laughs> well, in good news for fans of Roseanne, speaking of a show that was canceled, it is now coming back. Roseanne is officially returning home with a revival at ABC. Two decades after the iconic family sitcom signed off the air, ABC has announced that they've handed out a straight-to-series order for a revival, bringing the Connor clan back to the network that made them household names. 
So that's pretty cool. Uh, they said that, that is great. I love Roseanne. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it says that there's going to be an eight-episode revival that will find the Connors continuing to deal with the economic challenges of living paycheck to paycheck in 2018. Hmm. So that's kind of cool. So they're going to forget all the parts about Dan dying and winning the lottery and <laughs> exactly. And you know what's funny? It makes me think of that scene in Soap Dish where they're like, uh, yeah, you need to bring him back. He's like, oh, he was killed in a car accident. He was decapitated. And they're like, yeah, well, let's say he, you know, the doctor saved him. But, and she's, Whoopi Goldberg's like, he doesn't have a head. The man doesn't have a head. <laughs> if there's enough love and enough money to be made, anything's possible. That's right. It's not real. It's just TV. Ha, 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 ha. My sister is incredibly thrilled about this return of Roseanne because that, that was her favorite sitcom. She loves that show. Mm -hmm. And this is the time of year when people start to get a little nervous about things because their favorite TV shows might get the axe. And boy, the axe did fall this year. There's a yes. ton of stuff that got canceled. One of the things I'm very sad about is Fox's Sleepy Hollow, which ended after four years and... I really wish that they would have kept this thing going. The good thing is, is that when they did the last episode, they kind of wrapped everything up. That's good. And it seemed like they got a shorter season than, than they had intended. It seemed like the last, like, four episodes, they were doing everything super fast. Like, I've never seen the show. It sounded like it was a cool idea, because I was one of the people that watched uh, Bates Motel. Mm -hmm. And they should have canceled that. Yeah. I couldn't get through the last season. I, in fact, I haven't even finished it yet because I got so bored. It just it just got to be too much. Mm -hmm. That's a thing that I remember when that was announced, I was like, well, didn't they do that once properly already? I mean, we've seen the sequel. There were a bunch of sequels and then a remake and then it turned into a TV show. I just didn't know that you could get that much out of that one story. Yeah. It's kind of it, crazy. It, yeah, it dragged on in the last uh, season and I stopped caring. Mm-hmm. I cared at first. It was good at first. It was really good. It just got too weird. Fox also canceled Rosewood that was on the same night as Sleepy Hollow, so that whole night's decimated. Scream Queens is another one that got killed by them. And Pitch, the baseball drama about a fictional first female Major League Baseball player, failed. It, uh, it did not work. And, you know, when you, you want to look at something that will cause a cancellation, it opened really strong but it shed 50% of that the next week. So they couldn't even hold their first week opening. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of sad. And then another one called Making History, which it seems like we have three or four shows that are all about time travel right now. There's uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Time After Time, Making History, and another one that we'll get to here in a bit. But it just seems weird that there's a glut of time travel shows right now. It's very bizarre. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that doesn't interest me. Yeah. And then over at ABC, the big news is uh, Last Man Standing with Tim Allen. That got canceled after... Why is that such big news? Tim Allen has had 55 sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is after six years, so I yeah, think that it's not, there's... I mean, it had a long run. That had a good run. Yeah. I think it's also a politicized things, but you can kind of look at the story behind the story kind of thing. He makes so much money off that show... And it's one thing when you're building up a show. Like, for example, it's a hit and you start out paying your, your, your people a certain amount. But then by the time you get to the 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth year, once, once a show hits that 100 episode for syndication, uh -huh. that kind of shoots that in the hind end. It, it really does make it harder 
to keep the show on. And mm-hmm. I think that Tim wasn't going to take a loss as far as his cut. Probably. But, it's always about money. Yeah. But you never know. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe the, enough people will get upset about that and it will uh, come back. Time yeah. Out. Well, you know what the real tragedy is that people just never address is the hundreds of people that work on a show to make the show happen. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about shows being canceled, it's always, oh, Tim Allen. Oh, it's always about the star. And I realize they have the most fragile ego, mm-hmm. but the people behind the scenes are the ones that are working tirelessly to feed their families. Right. And to have a show that runs for a long time like that is really a blessing in our business because we do hop around a lot and mm-hmm. it's you can go long periods without work. So when you're working constantly like that, it's it's great. And when it ends, it's 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 not awful at first, but it depends on how long between that and your next job, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that'll determine how, you know, awful it really is, but there are times when there are shows that are canceled because of the star. Yeah. And hundreds of people lose their jobs. I've yeah. had that happen to me a couple of times where someone couldn't get along with someone else. And an, an ego got involved, and a hundred people lost their jobs. Yikes! Yes. Yeah, people pe- people don't think about that. They do not. They don't give a shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, some people do. I've worked with a lot of celebrities who really, really care about their staff and about their, you know, about their producers and go out of their way and you know understand what's going on back there. But there are mm-hmm. people that just don't, and they don't give a shit. Right. But without us, without the producers, without the writers, without the crew, without the art department. You know, without the, you know, the accounting department, you don't have a show. There is no show. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about us back here. Yeah. It's not just about the star. It's not. And what may be good news for fans of Last Man Standing with Tim Allen, it seems that 20th Century Fox Television is looking for a new home for the canceled Tim Allen comedy Last Man Standing. Speaking to Variety Thursday, studio representatives Johnny Davis and Howard Kurtzman said they were surprised by ABC's decision to pull the plug on the show. The studio heads are encouraged by fan support that they've seen for the show since ABC confirmed its cancellation. Quote, we know how passionate our fans are and we're seeing that now, Davis said. Tim Allen on Tuesday took to Twitter to express his shock at the cancellation. And it seems like there may be life for Last Man Standing. Time will tell, right? ABC also canceled Time After Time, Imaginary Mary, which I'm surprised didn't last that, longer. But That that looks stupid. Yeah, it did, but I'm surprised. You, you know, you had Jenna Elfman, and she's somewhat of a name in TV. She's but, great. I love yeah. her, but that, that show was really weird, and I don't know who they were trying to appeal to with that. But I don't either. Too, yeah. Drug users. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ken got killed. I can't believe that. Yeah. But you know what? Dr. Ken will be fine. He'll do 600 movies. hes I've known him for a really long time. He is the sweetest guy. He's somebody who probably took his staff out and had a party. He's the kind of person who would do that. Ken is a good person. Ken Jeong, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a great guy. He's super talented. He's always been a sweetheart. And I bet you a million dollars he did something really nice for his crew and his show when that happened. Jay Moore did that for us when our show got canceled. Mm-hmm. He had a huge party. He ran an open bar all night. He took us all, bought us all dinner. Like he just, he felt terrible about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he did something really nice for everyone. He, could, he hired a masseuse to come to the office and give everyone massages. Like he, I want to work he, for, for Jay Moore. I know. Jay Moore was one of my favorite bosses ever. I, I love Jay Moore. He's a great guy, but, um, 
So there are people that do care, you know. Mm -hmm. There but, are. But see, I, I think that this show could move to Netflix easily. He was the creator, writer, and executive producer slash director. So yes. it's there. If kind of if he wants it, I think he could go to Netflix with his popularity yeah, and fire true. that up right now. Yeah, yeah, true. Because, yeah, he really was a doctor. when He he worked at Kaiser when he started um, really? doing, doing comedy. Yeah, Ken's really a doctor. I had no idea. Yes, Ken's a doctor. Uh-huh. Holy crap, he was, he was working a day job as a doctor at Kaiser, and then he was coming into the Laugh Factory at night and doing sets. He used to play guitar on stage, and he used to do this really hilarious version of It's Tricky by, um, Run, by DMC. Run DMC. And it was the f <laughs> It was so funny. And then and then he got, literally two years later, he got the part in the, some Judd Apatow song, put it, and he got the part knocked up, and after that... It and that was, was it. Like, yep. And then he wow. just like kept going. Yeah, it happened pretty quick. Ken wasn't doing comedy very long, but he was standing out. He stood out big time. And he was always, like everyone in comedy will tell you, Ken Jeong is probably, he's the nicest guy in comedy. Wow. <laughs> he's a nice person. I look forward <laughs> to meeting him sometime. Even yeah, and a big Squeeze fan, Mike. He's a really? Big fan. Oh, yes. He loves Squeeze. Well, we're going to have to have him on and have him talk about Squeeze. Oh, my God, that would be so much fun. Yeah, that would be fun. We went backstage together at a Squeeze show. We ran into each other, and he knew Steven, and I know Steven from Squeeze, so he was like, oh, you guys are friends, and we're like, yeah, that we went, and his wife, and me and my friend uh, Kyle, we all went backstage and hung out backstage at Squeeze at the Greek Theater. Yeah, Ken, Ken is good people. Ken Young, please come on, Pop. It'll be cool. Yeah. But, you know, as far as him moving to Netflix, for example, in the uh, sophomore season of his shows, the, the ratings dropped to 5.1 million. That's nothing to sneeze at. That is nothing to sneeze at. But, you know, he might have not wanted to continue on. Like, we don't know if there was some contract thing behind the scenes where the network just took it, took the took the hit for it. So yeah. They canceled. Yeah. And, you know, we have no idea what happened back there. And like I said, I worked on a show where one person at the network didn't like one person on a staff of a show who had nothing to do with the show physically but their name was on it mm -hmm. and canceled the show for that reason so you don't know like we have no idea you know and I've, I used to write for Ken one of Ken's first TV shows I was a writer on Wow. and in um, I was like 2003 2004 a show that was on Oxygen called Girls Behaving Badly they did oh, yeah. a, a, a male spinoff called Revenge of the Boys. Mm -hmm. Ken was the star of that, and I was one of uh, one of the two writers. So it was really fun writing for him. Well, who knows? Maybe he has something else in the pipe, and you know, maybe he's up for something else, and you know that. Oh that, yeah, that he's can fine. that can also affect what happens to a show as well. If if the if the uh, star is attached to something else, they might be clearing the way for it. Yeah, that's true. And shows are canceled for. A million reasons mm -hmm. and it clearly in this case had nothing to do with the ratings right right it was making money so something happened yeah who knows now over at NBC they dropped Emerald City which was uh, I'm gonna call it for lack of a better term a gothic take on the Wizard of Oz it was mm -hmm. I tried one episode it was unwatchable they I'm were trying sorry. to do grim yeah yeah yeah, it, it just wasn't good. And NBC also dropped the axe on Powerless, and that was a, the show about... It was it was set in the DC superhero universe, and these people worked 
you know, they, they, they were powerless human beings in a superhero world. And that was mm-hmm. pretty much, but there, that's, that's like a, that's a funny idea for like something that's a webisode. I can't see them doing that for like three or four years. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it just wasn't there. And a show that they canceled, but now has been brought back due to reaction, uh, is timeless. Remember I talked about the time traveling thing. So, yeah. So that show has been given a, a second chance at life. So if you're a Timeless fan, good news. Over at CBS, The Odd Couple with Matthew Perry and Thomas Lennon is wrapping up. Two Broke Girls. They, that show had a good run. Yeah, that it had really a good did. Run. It really did. Those people are going to be fine. Yeah. That show had a long, good run, and it was in syndication. So the creators are making a fuckload of money. Not the crew, <laughs> but... Yeah. But that, that's a good show to have on your resume. Those people will be good. Those people will be fine. Criminal Minds, a Criminal Minds spinoff. Criminal Minds Beyond Borders got chopped. The Great yeah. Outdoors with Joel McHale, that, that is gone. Yeah, that was I didn't that premise didn't grab me, but Joel McHale's another person who's a person who's good to his staff and people and mm-hmm. knows knows what's going on back there. Right. He's he's a person like that, so I can see I think they all knew that show wasn't going to go the distance. I, that was a pretty obvious bomb, I thought. Mm-hmm. But the, the the actors were the, the people in it are good, but I think the execution was just I didn't it just it, I didn't care enough. Yeah. I I actually liked the cast. Yeah, the cast was great. I didn't care for the cast. Everyone in it was great. Yeah. Now, in the most vicious of all of the cancellations, this one has to set some sort of a land speed record. Doubt, which starred Catherine Heigl and Dooley Hill, was booted only after two episodes aired. Wow, I love Dooley Hill. Me too. He's awesome. The second, I wonder what Catherine Heigl did to get that show canceled. I don't know, but she must she have been... a bad reputation. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, buzz around her, and it's not always positive as far as right. working with her. So two episodes, I mean, my God, that's really bad, because they clearly shot more than that. So all those shows are just... What? Sitting in a can somewhere. Right. That is such a huge waste of money, so who knows? Something really bad happened there. But check this out. The second episode of the drama shed almost half of the total viewership of its leading criminal minds. So when you have something that has a steady, consistent audience, Uh like criminal minds, and you basically get half of the people to turn the TV off, you're not going to stay in business. No, but I think half half isn't bad. Well, CBS seemed to think that it was not so (laughs) so who knows whether it was Catherine Heigl being a diva or pain in the ass or who knows what Catherine Heigl shit on the writers at Grey's Anatomy yeah I remember the show's been on for 600 years and the writing is very very good Mm -hmm. and I can only imagine what she might have said to the people at doubt sorry hold on a second let me get this marker here hold on I'm crossing Catherine Hagel off. She was going to be on two episodes from now, but... No, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, people... Yeah, we got to cancel yeah. her. Yeah, but it there there is a lot of truth to that. Like, once you kind of do that in this business, it spreads fast. Mm-hmm. It's like a rash. So there you go. These are some of the main shows that got the axe. It's always scary when we lose our beloved shows. We hope your shows made the cut.
We will be right back with our discussion of Blondie, but first an ad featuring our friends over at Hiram's Lodge, a Riverdale Archie podcast. Hi, it's comedian Tim Powers, and when I'm stuck on the 405, I'm listening to Pop, a pop culture podcast from Ken Mills. Archie, Jughead, Betty, and Veronica, those lovable scalawags from Riverdale that we all grew up with, are now on television, and you can enjoy their madcap adventures every... What? Archie... Archie has an affair with who? What? Who's dead? What? There's a... Oh, God. All right. So the CW has a show called Riverdale. It features our friends Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica and all their friends from Riverdale High School. But apparently there's some very sinister things afoot. Make sure you download Hiram's Lodge, the Riverdale after show, where comedian Tim Powers, that's me, and author Robert J. Peterson, that's him, discuss these shows as only two college-educated grown men can do. It's Hiram's Lodge, the Riverdale After Show, available wherever you get your podcast.
so today we are taking a look at the return of Blondie. Woohoo! They have a brand new album out. It's called Pollinator. And I'm actually surprised at how good it is. Nice. The band started back in 1974, and the original incarnation of Blondie, if you will, basically wrapped it up in 1982. Blondie achieved success in the United Kingdom and Australia before breaking through in America. They were kind of an underground band in the United States of America until the release of Parallel Lines from 1978. Over the next three years, the band achieved several hit singles, including Call Me, Rapture, and Heart of Glass. They became noted for its eclectic mix of musical styles incorporating elements of disco, pop, reggae, and early rap music. When people think about Blondie and the classic Blondie lineup, you have Deborah Harry on vocals, Chris Stein on guitar, Clem Burke on drums, just an amazing drummer, one of my favorite drummers of all time, Jimmy Destry on electronic keyboards, Nigel Harrison on bass guitar, and Frank Infante on guitar, and he did the great lead work, and most of the stuff that you love was produced by Mike Chapman. Blondie broke up after release of its sixth studio album, The Hunter, in 1982. The band reformed in 1997, achieving renewed success in a number one single in the United Kingdom with Maria in 1999. Exactly 20 years after their first big hit, Heart of Glass, the group toured and performed throughout the world and was later inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2006. Blondie has sold over 40 million records worldwide and is still active. The band's 11th studio album, Pollinator, was released on May 5th. 2017. A really cool band and a really cool legacy and I'm glad to see that they're still active. When I say the word Blondie what pops into your mind? Well Debbie Harry Uh just pops into my mind. I was not a huge Blondie fan. Mm -hmm. I like them. I'm you know I'm a I know the hits Blondie fan. I don't own any of their music. Mm -hmm. I like I like Debbie. I think she's a fun actress when she's in stuff I dig it like she's pretty cool and stuff. She, she's good at anything she's, she does, seriously. Yeah. I have such an insane crush on Debbie Harry. She's just, I just think she's beautiful. And she is beautiful, yes. Man, I'll tell you, being a, a kid in, in the middle of nowhere, Ohio, back in those times, she was just like, that's the kind of girl I want right there. And yeah. it was, she, she was part of that early new wave scene before it was new wave. Like there was punk and new wave and she kind of was in the middle there, but they kind of really helped bring that out. And it was also a really good time for women in rock, if you will, because you had Chrissy Hind in The Pretenders and you uh-huh. had Pat Benatar. It was just huge. Basically, between Debbie Harry and Blondie, The Pretenders, and Pat Benatar, it was just like a great day to be a woman in rock. Blondie is one of the most underrated bands of all time. Forget just placing them in the narrow categories of new wave or punk. They embody the true rebellious spirit of rock and roll. Blondie was founded by singer Debbie Harry and guitarist Chris Stein. The band was a pioneer in the early American new wave and punk scenes of the late 1970s. What's the first Blondie single that kind of popped into your head? Um, well, I always liked Rapture. Mm-hmm. Um, I always thought that was a really original, fun song. And my best friend in third grade knew all the words, and she used to sing the rap part of Rapture mm-hmm. all the time. 
that really was a huge song for rap. It really did help bring that into everybody's culture. Yeah, I mean, Debbie was probably the first white girl rapper. Yeah, when you think about it, absolutely true.
Well, he would have a hassle with the human race. Sang hip hop and don't stop, just blast off. Sure shot, cause the man from Mars stopped eating cars and eating bars, and now he only eats guitars. Get out! song but it was such a departure i remember hearing that for the first time it was so weird mm-hmm. it is such a weird interesting song it's i i just uh i don't know i just like that one it's fun i loved hanging on the telephone what yeah. a great great cover of a great great song i'm in the phone booth it's the one across the hall I love that song. I like One Way or Another a lot. What is it you love about it? One Way or Another? Oh, mm-hmm. it's just such a fun song, and it's just so, like, stalker girlfriend. <laughs> Great guitar riff. Yeah. It doesn't let up. And it was weird because their biggest placement on the charts back in 1978 off Parallel Lines was Heart of Glass. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what everyone really knows them for. You know? Right. Yeah. That 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 is that is a, a song that like when you, when people like think about the '80s or they think about like making a mix from music at that time, mm-hmm. Heart of Glass is like your first choice. Yeah. Now I remember seeing things like on Don Kirshner's rock concert where they had like one way or another or hanging on the telephone and some of the earlier videos and it was like Debbie's this punk chick and everything's cool and this is great and then when Heart of Glass came out that one really opened up a lot of doors for them and this may sound weird but this was way before there was an MTV right? So you would see them on things from everything from Denny Terrio's Dance Fever to even stuff like Merv Griffin or whatever, they'd say, and now here we go with, here's a video. And it got them into a lot of places pre-MTV. They were really using videos to, you know, their, their, their full advantage. So they were very smart in that sense. Yeah, yeah. They knew that it was a visual medium, and they were actually the first people to release an actual album, Eat to the Beat, which had a video for every song that was on the album. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. It was initially available as a promotional VHS in 1979 and was later released on video cassette and video disc in October of 1980. And I don't know if you even know this format. Do you remember the CED video disc? Yes. There were these great big things that were the size of record albums and you would slide them into a player. And I had the Eat to the Beat CED. So that shows you how old I am. <laughs> but it was great to sit and watch uh, Blondie before there was an MTV anywhere near me. So that was kind of cool. And some songs of uh, note that you should definitely check out is one called Dreamin', which went to number 27 off Eat to the Beat. One way or another went to number 24. Heart of Glass was their first number one. And there's a song called Shayla. It's uh-huh. kind of, it, yeah, it's kind of a slow song. But it's got this haunting lyric, I am free, but life is so cheap. I want to play a little bit of that right now.
such a wonderfully sad, beautiful song. Excellent production. Fantastic. That is pretty. That's a cool song. It is. It is. Then they later had a huge hit, another number one with Call Me from the American Gigolo soundtrack. And that was a great track. That was a great soundtrack. Yeah, it was. It was. Not not such a great movie. Not such no. a great... No. No, no, no. But, well, yeah. I mean, but, Richard uh, Gere was kind of hot. Yeah. I remember we rented it. I had a sleepover, and, mm-hmm. and it was on TV, or someone's parents rented it or something, and we got to watch it, and Richard Gere is naked in it, in the shower or something, and we were all like, oh my god! Like, it was like, <laughs> we saw an alien. It was the biggest deal ever uh wow that song was huge Giorgio Marauder did the production work on that one just fantastic track it was a very strong track very covered track and then they came back with the tide is high never really liked that song i can't believe it was number one i just find that song it's one of those songs that irritates me you know like people always people say there's those songs that are like you know when you see those lists of the worst songs of the 90s and the worst songs of the 80s people always put and i know everybody has different tastes like the tide is high not i can't handle that song like if it comes on i'm irritated by it Mm -hmm. but then people that say that the crash test dummies that the mm, song yeah they say like that's the worst song they've ever heard i think that song is beautiful <laughs> i love that song i think the the bridge in that song the middle eight that's a good one for our middle eight show because mm-hmm. that oh my god it's like just so beautiful mm-hmm. and then you think of that scene in dumb and dumber when harry leaves lloyd by the side of the road and they play that in the middle eight right there mm-hmm. and it's like it's super intense, but then people say, that is the worst fucking song I've ever heard in my life. I want to smash my stereo when it's on. People That's hate weird. it. But anyway. I actually dig that song. I dig it too, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so not Tide is High, not a fan. I, I can't believe it was number one. Yeah, it was the Tide is High is number one, and it was followed up the next year by Rapture. Mm-hmm. Both of those off Auto-American. And... I remember that was a number one song, and I remember that there was a shift as far as people liking Blondie. It was okay when they did Heart of Glass, that was fine, but then the one-two punch of The Tide is High and Rapture kind of turned some people off. At the same time that it was a, they, they were both huge, I think it kind of turned people off to the concept of Blondie, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how much of that was like, as weird as this is going to sound, because if you ask people what kind of music Blondie played, they would say New Wave or punk or... Or disco. Or rock, yeah. But because disco was taking a dump, and anything that was labeled disco, all of a sudden, overnight, was uncool. 
Right. So I think that there was some sort of uh, backbeat to that. There was a wave that kind of crushed them. And the band seemed to have run its course at some point. And Debbie got into acting a lot and did a bunch of that stuff. And the band would have revivals every so often. Some, some good reunions and stuff like that. And then we ran into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And yeah. boy, that was one of the most uncomfortable... And it was just uncomfortable to watch Uh where some of the original band members of Blondie were not in the current touring band. And Debbie and Chris, they did not want the current band playing with the original members. Hello, I'm Frank. I'm the guitar player. And uh, I'd like to thank the Hall of Fame for recognizing us and uh, not writing us me and Nigel and Gary out of the Rock and Roll history. And uh, I promised I'd be a good boy tonight. My mom is over there, so uh, hey, mom. Uh, Hello. You know, this is like one of the greatest gigs you could do as a musician and be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And actually, uh, one thing that could really make it better would be if we could actually perform for you tonight. But for some reason, some of us are not allowed to do that, so. I don't know what we could do about that, but I'd like to do that, and I'd like to play, but... Debbie, is that allowed? No? We'd like to play with you guys. Me and Nigel? Not tonight. Not tonight? Uh, pretty please. Pretty please, Debbie, no. no I love can't you. Can't you see my, my band is up there? Oh, your band. My, I, Paul I thought Blondie was being inducted tonight. And, um, Sorry. Lee Fox, Paul Carbonara, and Kevin Patrick. Are they being inducted? I don't know. Thank you. But, Come on. I, I'm talking, okay. I'm talking. Give me a break. It's nice to see everyone out of the courtroom. That's the first positive thing. But, uh, but <laughs> I got to say, after, after watching all that footage of us tonight, I felt like I was going to my own funeral. But it was, uh, I don't know, whatever. It's messed up for us. We, we want to play, obviously. We were part of it. We've been led to believe we weren't part of it. It sucks. And um, welcome to bingo night. Okay, bye. That is that was shitty of her, I thought, the way she handled that. I thought really? it was really crappy. Yes, I did. Well, see, that's another thing that you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, we, right? Right. Those guys could have been total dicks mm-hmm. and, and caused some serious shit. And we don't know that, but right. I think, you know, and they put her on the spot, and that, that wasn't cool. Yeah. But when, when she said my band, I thought that was shitty. In defense of what they had already rehearsed and prepared to do, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? So they, they probably came with an idea of what they wanted to do. It was a very uncomfortable moment. Uh-huh. It sounds like there was some very ugly court battles. <laughs> but we don't know what happened behind the scenes, so apparently they couldn't work it out. But that's showbiz, folks. This is when speeches were short. Yeah. Speeches are out of control now. Eddie Vedder's speech was like nine hours long. Well, oh, that's Eddie Vedder's songs are nine hours long. Yeah, see, that stuff should have been worked out beforehand. Yeah. It's so awkward. Yep. And then Blondie starts playing, and then it's just like, no one gives a shit. That's the thing. See, this is the thing. That was handled really badly. 
Yeah, very much and so. It was handled really badly, and these guys knew that beforehand that they weren't playing. They mm-hmm. knew. They probably just wanted to call out Debbie and the band in front of everyone. But what you did know, it get them in the long run? Nothing. Zippo. Right, because people don't care about the people that helped get you where you're going. They only care about you when you're there. Mm-hmm. Audiences, anyway. Yeah. You know, we don't know what happened with them. Right, like, right. They could have, like, you know, thrown a chair at Debbie at, at one time. Although she seems to get, she kissed him on the lips. Yeah. I don't know. It was just super awkward. It was just it made very me feel strange. Sad. Yeah, the whole thing was just very weird. But that did not stop anything. Blondie is back with their new album, Pollinator, and they have some excellent new music on it. There's a song called Fun. Would you like to hear some of that now? Yeah. mixture of old and new right it, it is it's got it's definitely got a disco feel to it debbie's voice has definitely matured a lot it's a di- she sounds different mm-hmm. but it's like it's it's like peter tork like i love peter in the 60s but he's got this new mature like sweeter sounding voice that i also love mm-hmm. you know so debbie if if i didn't know it was debbie i wouldn't know that was her oh but that was fun and it was fun it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> and it was fun. You know what we forgot to mention about Debbie Harry, too, is how much she influenced fashion and how much Blondie influenced fashion at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, Debbie is the queen of the tube top. She oh, put yeah. the tube top on the boobs of, of women all across the world. God bless the late her. 70s and early 80s. And the tube top and the strapless black dress is still a thing. And I mm-hmm. think Debbie's the one that made that hot. Yep. 
And I guess I need to talk a little bit about Debbie and me personally. I know that people will be asking <laughs> questions about it. I have questions. Well, shoot. You when know. did you first fall in love? The, the moment I saw her. The moment. And the when was moment. the moment you saw her? I don't know, whenever I saw her. But uh, <laughs> it, it just had such an insane crush on her. She's just got this devilish look in her eye and a killer smile. Oh, just gorgeous. amazing. And I, I once sent a, a, a red balloon... And with a message attached to it and I, I asked her to marry me and Aww. I'm not sure if it ever got to her maybe it did and she just ignored it but I, I have a feeling that she was very upset that I did not ask her to prom she was upset she wrote a song about it which one um <laughs> the tide is high I'm moving on <laughs> no it's called in the flesh in the oh there we go and, very uh, good very good song i don't know one but so courtney I've, I've mentioned that i had a big crush on debbie harry and chrissy hind who oh i didn't know chrissy hind oh major major big chrissy hind love still oh yeah still she's cool as shit her. i love i love chrissy her hind. she's she's coming out on stage with stevie nicks right now oh wow that's cool she's been yeah she's been coming out and singing stop dragging my heart around with stevie now see the the problem that i would have is if if Debbie Harry or Chrissy Hind asked me out at the same night at the same time I I would die but it would turn into a bad sitcom where I would take them both to the concert and I would spend (laughs) half the time with Chrissy and then go you look like you need some popcorn and I'd I'd like have you come in and talk to her for a while and then I'd go get I'd show up with Debbie with popcorn she's like what took you so long I got you some popcorn I don't want that and she'd throw it in my face and then I'd say well she'd say I want a drink and then I'd go get a drink and I'd get back to Chrissy and she'd say where's the popcorn oh I I thought you'd be thirsty (laughs) that is hilarious at the end they'd both stand me up and I'd be sad (laughs) And you'd have no, to drive run, me they home. They run into each other. They have to run into each yeah, other and be like, but, Debbie, what are you doing here? Hey, Chrissy, good to see you. Oh, my God, what are you doing here? Well, I'm here with Ken. Ken, not Ken Mills. Yeah, the podfather? Wait a minute, I'm here with Ken Mills. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wah, and, then wah. The, and then at the same time, they go, Ken. Mm-hmm. Although Chrissy would say it like, Ken. Yeah, she, she, she's not going <laughs> to put up with... She's got a sexy, sultry voice. Oh, does she ever. She's not going to put up with any crap. You know who my big crush was at that time? Who? And even though Even though I was like a little a little kid and it was creepy. Who? Ben Orr from The Cars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I loved him. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. Mm-hmm. He was so... Everyone, every woman loved him. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in the world of the cars. Rhino is doing a bunch of stuff with their re-releases and adding extra tracks. So if you're a Cars fan, this is a great time to be alive. I am so excited for that. I love the cars. I'm a huge car. Well, I'm from Boston. You have to be. You You have have to to like the cars. You have to like the cars. If you're from Boston. So Blondie also has another song that I really like off the new album. It's called Long Time. I'm going to play a little bit of that for you now. Okay.
that never ends I've been chasing heartache in a city and a friend I've been with you so long Even seen you lose it, but who cares? Does it take you a long time? Does it make you upset? Does it make you think everybody wants to be your friend? I can give you a heartbeat. I can give you a friend. I can make you think everybody wants to be your friend. So as you see, that has that classic Blondie sound to it. That know? has the Blondie sound. I Absolutely. love it when a band, I love like like with the Monkees album, you know, the songs that just sounded like they could have been on the show. Mm-hmm. That to me sounds like something that Blondie could have released 30 years ago. And would have yeah. Been. Yeah. I love that. I love those songs. The sound. There's that sound. If I'm describing a band I like, mm-hmm. or for instance, Crowded House, when they came out with their new stuff, I'm like, this song is so Crowded housey. Right. Right, right. But the new album's doing really good. It's good for uh, them. Pollinator is at number four in the top ten album charts in the UK, so that's pretty good. The first time that their name's been in the top ten in the country since the late 1990s. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maria. That was that yeah. song they had. I liked. My mother used to love that song. She used to sing it all the time. Of course, Ave Maria. It's a, you know. It, it's a pretty song. Absolutely. So we hope that you enjoy the new Blondie tracks check them out it's the album's called Pollinator it's available on Amazon and everywhere that finer records and CDs are sold and you can get it on vinyl so check it out cool So anything popping with you this week? What is popping with me? Well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be writing material for the host of American Ninja Warrior, Matt Eisman, for Mm -hmm. an awards event for reality television next month. Very good. So I'm working on that, and that'll be interesting. In fact, everyone in the reality world will be there. It's it's like a a convention almost for reality television producers and and network executives who work in the alternative departments. Mm -hmm. And um, so it'll be interesting. So if anyone has any questions about any of the shows that they watch on TV, what's really going on behind the scenes, uh, everyone will be there. So I can ask them if you want. (laughs) Sounds good. Very good, very good. um, Yeah, so that's what's popping in my world. Also really into the show Silicon Valley. I don't know if anyone watches that, any mm-hmm. of our listeners watch that, but that show makes me laugh so hard. 
It is freaking hysterical. I don't know if there's any Mike Judge fans out there, but the writing on the show is very smart. The characters are very real. There's nothing that seems too far-fetched to me. They're keeping it very grounded, but ridiculous. And I just think it's hysterical. And I think everyone on it is funny. Have you seen it? Not yet. I'll have to check it it out. It's very good. It's very, very good. I think you would really like it, Ken, actually. Mm -hmm. It's pretty brilliant. I'm going to use the word brilliant. Very good. So check that out. I'm currently working on our next episode, which will come out on May 25th. It is a special Star Wars episode. going to be Star Wars themed. I'm going to sit down with a couple of really good friends that are huge into Star Wars and I hope folks enjoy it. But right now there's this really cool thing where they've taken Beatles music and Star Wars theme and they've made the complete Sgt. Pepper's album with lyrics about Star Wars. There's an album you can get, you can download. It's called Princess Leia's Stolen Death Star Plans and the name of the band is Palette Swap Ninja. Check this out. It's just a little sample. for free on the internet so we hope to talk to them soon and it is such a trip there are going to be links in the show notes for that and we may even have those guys on who are behind that so that that might be very cool so check out the new album from blondie pollinator and uh, that is really what's popping with me this week cool very cool and yeah happy 50th to sergeant pepper yeah Speaking of my birthday, that's actually going to be my birthday present is the super deluxe six disc version of Sgt. Pepper. So. <laughs> Ooh, nice. When is I'm your birthday, Ken? May 25th. <gasps> oh my god. Star Wars Day. So. Yay. There we go. They put that out in honor of me. No one knows, but that's a little known thing. Alrighty, so we look forward to hearing what you think about the new Blondie tracks and let us know if your favorite show got canceled or if there's a show you would like to see canceled, right? That <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why not? Make, make room for something else. Yeah. You know? Oh, sorry. I know there's a few shows I'd like to see canceled because I'm going out with a show next week, so ah. <laughs> make room for me. Yeah. <laughs> So we look forward to the next episode of POP. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we will see you on the 
Facebook and all the social stuff. And we will see you on the next episode of Pop. Pop. Thanks, everybody. All right, we're out. And that's our show. Pop is an online, nonprofit pop culture audio fanzine made for fans by fans. Any samples of music, TV, or movies heard here remain the property of their owners. Pop, a pop culture podcast, is not affiliated with any products we review or discuss. Opinions heard here belong to the people who express them and may not reflect the views of the pop staff. If you like something that you heard, buy it at your local record, video, or bookstores, or wherever pop is found. If you enjoy the show, like us on Facebook and rate us on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm your announcer, Christine Wolf, saying whatever you do, make sure it pops. Say goodnight, Dick. Every week on Real Spoilers, what we do is we take that week's big release on the weeks that we guess right, and we spoil it for you. So if you saw a movie and you want to talk about it with your friends, but maybe maybe you don't have any friends, we can be your friends in podcast form. We'll talk about the movie in rich, vibrant detail, and it's kind of like a book club for movies. Yeah, we're so, just a bunch of movie nerds. Yeah, and you know? so it's just a long-form conversation about the movie, going through its plot, talking about what worked, and uh, a lot of times what didn't, and making fun of it when it doesn't work. And if you like the show, feel free to share it on uh, your Facebook, social media, Twitter, verse, thing, stuff. So that's what we do on Real Spoilers. It's like a book club for movies, only with less Oprah. When you want to hear the latest and newest jangle, hooky, melodic rock and roll, along with classic power pop music, you can always dial in to Rich Records Podcast, available now on iTunes. Subscribe today!